bear with me. I've got to find my scriptures. Oh, there they are. It was in the right book, in the right chapter. I just couldn't find my scriptures. I'm sorry, I'm in Matthew 3. Anybody feel good tonight? Man, I feel good. I feel a great working of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Did we get the outpouring of the Holy Ghost we wanted? No, but we started seeking for it. Amen. And I believe we're closer to it, and I believe God's getting our hearts more prepared for it. So I'm just going to teach you a little bit about it. Is that all right? Matthew 3 and 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. Gather his wheat into the garner, will he, but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Hallelujah. Matthew, the 20th chapter. And the 20th verse. When you get there with me, say amen. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him, and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on thy right hand and the other on thy left in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We are able. Then he saith unto them, Ye shall indeed, or ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. I think I'm going to leave that one for later. Romans, the sixth chapter. And I'm just going to start at the first verse. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so, that so many of us 
as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so we should also, or we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Now I want to talk to you on a greater baptism. Romans 6 here is not talking about baptism in water. It's talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I just want you all to stop right here and ask yourself, because just about every one of us in here confess salvation. We confess we've repented. And we confess that we've been baptized in the Holy Ghost or we've received an earnest of the Holy Ghost. Is that about right with everybody? All right, now, just stop and ask yourself. When you got the Holy Ghost. Now, don't tell me what the Bible says that you're supposed to get. Stop and think. What did I get? What kind of effect has it had on my life? And when I read the Bible, is what I'm reading in that Bible in me? Just examine yourself for, for a minute. So what I'm asking you, when you receive the earnest or whatever portion of the Holy Ghost you receive, what did it do to you? What do you really have with you right now? Is it making you think? Needs to. Needs to. Needs to make you think. Because when you start examining yourself about how we're living, what we're dealing with, the things we're going through, the problems, the sickness, the disease, the turmoil, the vexation. Always being harassed of the devil. Y'all getting quiet on me. then I'll stand here and tell you that I don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost that I read about in that Bible. I don't have it. Do I have a portion of it? Yes. But there's something 
greater and deeper than we have ever seen. Because I'm going to tell you something, and you cut it any way you want to, I'm not dead to sin, and your flesh ain't either. Do I practice sin? No. But I'm still able to be tempted. When you're dead to sin, temptation's gone. It's gone. We ain't reached there yet. That means there's a baptism that we don't have. But what has happened to people is we've been told we got it and we quit seeking for it. And I've told y'all this before, but it don't seem to move nobody. There is something happened to me that I am seeking for a greater baptism of the Holy Ghost than I have ever had. I'm seeking for it. I haven't just seen it. I'm seeking for it. You look at verse 3 in Romans 6. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Y'all dead with Christ? Let me go to Philippians 3. I can break it down Philippians 3 a lot better than I'll break it down here. Philippians 3rd chapter. Get there, say amen. I'm so mad at the devil tonight. Y'all with me? Philippians 3, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Anybody there yet? I don't think so. Huh? Okay. I didn't know there was an E Philippians. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. okay, brother Tom. But but what things were gained to me? In other words, Paul said, "What really mattered to me." What things I had spent my life achieving, they no longer mattered to me. Paul had position. Paul was a member of the Sanhedrin court. Paul sat under a teacher called Galmeo, one of the greatest scholars there was. Paul was very learned in the Scriptures, very zealous in his walk with God. He was blameless. He was blameless. Paul had position, he had education, he had money. And he said, everything that was gained to me, he said, I counted it loss that I might win or that I might gain Christ. We don't have that in us today. But I'm going to tell you something, it's fixing to get in you. It's fixing to get in you. It's fixing to get in you. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. 
Paul turned his back on everything. Everything. Gave it up. Walked away from it. Matter of fact, Paul didn't have to turn his back on everything. Everything about turned his back on Paul. <laughs> he didn't give up a whole lot. Everything about gave him up. Because he thought he'd lost his mind. Amen. And he did. He lost his carnal mind. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I might win or that I might gain Christ and being found in Him not having my own righteousness which is of the law. Now concerning the law, Paul was blameless. Born in the tribe of Benjamin, a Pharisee, circumcised the eighth day to the stock of Israel. Paul said, man, I've I, I done more than them all. He said, concerning zeal, he said, everything. He said, man, I was blameless. He said, he said I labored more than all of them. He said, I put my hand to the Word of God. He said, I've done more than men put together. He said, I, I was, he said, I was blameless. I was a Pharisee. He said, man, he said, you couldn't touch my life. But he didn't have Christ. His righteousness pertained to the law. People's righteousness today pertains to their church teachings and the doctrines that men have taught them. It is not the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. It is not. It is not the righteousness of God. Because when the righteousness of God comes in you, you ain't full of all these old bad spirits. You ain't full of backbiting and gossiping and lying and deceit and hatred and envy and strife, holding grudges and against one another. That ain't the Spirit of Christ. That ain't the Spirit of Christ. Paul said, I had righteousness of the law. I had my own righteousness. He said, but I wanted the righteousness of God which comes by Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, living in me. He said, that's what I give everything up for, that I might win Christ and that His righteousness might be revealed in me. I want the righteousness of God revealed in me. I told God tonight, and I've been telling God ever since God spoke to us about this prayer and fasting, search me, judge me, prove me, chastise me, purge me, get me clean. Can you get on your knees? Can you lift your heart to God and say, God, purge me? Can you say, God, prove me? Can you say, God, try my heart? Find out what's in me? You need to be able to. Because you don't need nothing unclean or unholy in your spirit. Because you do, you're going to miss this visitation. Are y'all understanding me? There's people fixing to miss... The visitation of the Spirit of God because they won't clean their, clean their hands and their hearts. My wife will tell you that I continually tell her one thing. And that is a religious spirit is the most dangerous spirit in the world. Because when people have religious spirits, they hold things in their heart. They won't follow the Word of God. They think they're set apart because of the way they've been treated or talked about. 
And they got just as much right to be hateful and ungodly and unclean as the person that done it to them and they justify it because they say they're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And that spirit will tell them, you're okay. You don't have to. Why? It'll lie to you. It will justify wrong, deceive you, and make you think you're all right. It's a religious lying devil. In the Word of God, when God got ready to deal with Ahab after the prophecy of Elijah, I believe it was Elijah. It could have been Elisha, but I think it was Elijah. God spoke and said, Who shall cause Ahab to go up to Ramoth Galid and fall there? A lion spirit presented itself to the Lord and said, I will go down and be a lion spirit in the mouths of his prophets and cause Ahab to go up and meet his demise. And they did, boy. That spirit went down. All them prophets prophesied to Ahab and told him he was going to go up and have great victory. <laughs> Jehoshaphat sitting there. Is there not another prophet around here? <laughs> I ain't feeling nothing, boys. <laughs> I hear all this Shanda Mahanda but I ain't a feeling no witness of what all these boys are saying. Is there not a true prophet? I believe Jehoshaphat said. Is there not a true prophet? Is there not somebody that really hears from God? Yeah, there's one. I think his name's Micah, but I don't like him. He never prophesies nothing good to me. <laughs> I'd go over and listen to Brother Medrod. My God, that man don't ever prophesy nothing good. Every time I go, he steps all over my toes. I know that man's got something against me. He just don't like me. I can feel it and I walk in the door. Ooh, wrong spirit's talking to you. <laughs> so they sent and got Micah. So Micah come up to Ahab. He said, go up, O King Ahab, be victorious. Return in victory. Ahab looked at him and said, Have I not told you not to speak anything but to me but the word of the Lord, Micah? All them prophets are prophesying. Ahab was going to be victorious. Don't ask me why I'm going there. Don't ask me why God's got me on this, but there's a reason behind it. Finally, Micah told him. 
said, if you return it all victorious, said, God hath not spoken by me. You're going to die, Ahab. Just like Elijah the prophet told you, you're fixing to die. And the dog's going to lick your blood. Ahab looked at Jehoshaphat and said, See, didn't I tell you? <laughs> he just don't like me. But all them lying spirits. Better be careful what spirits you listen to. Better be careful what spirits you listen to. Don't listen to me. I've told y'all for almost a year now. We're in a dividing time. We're in a dividing time. You can't go by friendship. You can't go by what you hear. You can't go by what you see. You better go by what you feel in the witness of the Holy Ghost. You better walk by what you feel in the witness of the Spirit of God. I don't have to listen to a man about five minutes. And I know whether the true Spirit of God's in him or not. It'll take me long. It'll take me long at all. You know why? It's not what I see. It's not what I hear. It's what I feel. Whether that Spirit in him bears witness with my Spirit. Listen to what I'm telling you. Listen to what I'm telling you. Oh man, I'm death on preachers. I mean, I'm death on them. Because there's one thing I look for in preachers' lives. I look for deliverance. The way I look at it, if there ain't deliverance in your life, there ain't a relationship with God in your life. You say, well, Brother Matter, everybody don't have deliverance. You walk in a relationship with God, you're going to have some kind of anointing of healing and deliverance in your life that's real. Not something you got 40 years ago that you just learned to work, but it's real. And when you pray, the Spirit of God moves and you feel the witness of the Holy Ghost. When the Word is spoken, you can feel the witness of the Holy Ghost go up your backbone down into your spirit and confirm that that vessel is of God. We are missing a baptism. We are missing a baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. It hadn't come since the day of Pentecost. You hear me? It has not been poured out. Oh, people, Brother Matter, there's reports of people that's, that, that's seen fire and seen this and seen that, and we've had great moves of God. Let me tell you something. 90% of the stuff I hear about great moves of God, I ain't got one ounce of confidence in it. Just like here a while back, everybody got caught up in this laughing revival. Biggest bunch of garbage. Everybody was going in and the Spirit was following them. They're just laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. Every service just laughing, laughing, laughing. 
They asked me what I thought about it. I said, ain't nothing but a bunch of junk. And then here, two or three years ago, I don't even remember how long ago it was, that guy down there, I think he come out of Florida somewhere, tattooed over, had long hair, was supposed to be having all kind of miracles and preaching the gospel and reaching all these kids out in the street. Somebody asked me, said, what do you think about that? I said, tell me the prayer and the fasting and the seeking God that birth the visitation of the Holy Ghost in him. And I said, I'll take a look at it. Oh, he didn't. God just spoke to him. I said, no, every divine real move of God is born in prayer. It's born in fasting. It's born in seeking God. Let me tell you something. You don't win souls. You don't birth a deliverance ministry unless you give up something of yourself. Salvation is free, but to walk in the anointing of deliverance it costs you. That's the reason most preachers won't do it. They learn to preach. They learn to give a little prophecy. They learn to shout a little bit. They learn to work the crowd with music. And it leaves people empty. Sick and diseased and bound. And I am not going back to regular church services. I I told God on my knees I said pull these people forward in prayer I refuse to go back to just good church there's something in my soul screaming for a baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire and to be baptized with a baptism that my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was baptized with and don't you tell me you've got it You tell me you've been baptized in what Jesus is baptized in. Because if you do, I'll tell you to put up or shut up. That's pretty bold. No, just plain. If you got it, use it. If you don't got it, quit crowing. Because I'll stand here and tell you, I don't have it. Has God put a miracle in my life? Yes. He put deliverance in my life to a degree, but I don't have what I want. I don't have what I want. You know why? Because I've tried to tell y'all that what Jesus done, what them apostles done, what everybody says we ought to be doing, it is what we will do when the kingdom of God begins to take form in our life. Mark 16 15, 16, and 17 is what you will do when the kingdom of heaven begins to be revealed in you. Are you listening to me? Well, Brother Mitter, the Bible said Jesus sent them out. Yeah, He sent them out and He gave them power. But, buddy, they had to come back and seek the face of God up there in that upper room until they were endued with power from on high. And from that time forward, they became men of prayer and fasting like my son was looking for the Scripture. In Acts 6, the apostle said, We will not leave the Word of God and serve tables, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the Word. They stayed in prayer continually. They stayed in fastings often. They stayed in prayer. They didn't come out of prayer unless they went and ministered. And when they ministered, great signs, wonders, 
deliverance, dead raising, sick healing, blind eye opening, so much of the anointing of the Holy Ghost in Peter that the gold question, which way is he coming into town? Which way is he leaving town? And they would find out what time, find out which way his shadow was falling, and they would bring the sick on couches and cots and lay them in their streets for Peter's shadow to fall on them. They would get off their sick beds, made whole. Why? The kingdom of God was being revealed in Peter because he had been baptized in what Jesus had been baptized in. Not the fullness of it. We're the generation going to get the fullness. But we're going to seek for it. We sought for what we got. How many of y'all sought for what y'all got? Did you seek for it? And then we was told we had it. Was we not? Alright. What'd you get? Somebody tell me. What'd you get? Did you get tongues? You got tongues? Okay, you got tongues. What else? Reproving sin? Conviction? Okay. But when it comes down to the manifestation and demonstration of Christ in here, my yardstick's way too short. So's yours. Matter of fact, I think my yardstick's about that long. <laughs> it's short. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. How many of y'all know, before I say the phrase, how many of y'all know what short-sheeted means? I mean, sheet ain't long enough to cover you up. You've been short-sheeted. Well, I've been short-sheeted in the Holy Ghost. And I ain't happy about it. Why? i got enough sense to know, Brother Tony, something's missing. i got enough sense to know, Brother Wayne, that yeah, God's moved in my life, but I don't have what them holy apostles had, and I don't have what Jesus had, and I want it. It's promised to me. It belongs to me. The Bible said we are heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And my Bible tells me He got the Spirit without measure. But it also tells me I got a measure. Is that what it says? I'm tired of... Excuse me, Lord. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> Don't get myself in trouble. I want more than one measure. I want it without measure. I almost did it. <laughs> but the Lord knew what I meant to say. Now, Let's go back to verse 10. 
in Philippians 3. Now be careful what you say sometimes. You do, you got to be careful what you say. But I'm going to tell you this. I've seen God, y'all can say what you want to, but I've seen God start answering my prayers, I mean speedily. Because it ain't been about a week, ten days ago that I, I seen something on Bin Laden, and I told the Lord, I said, man, it's time to get that guy. I, I mean, it's time. It's time to get that Czar Cowie over too, that one that's conditioning so many. I mean, it's time to get these guys. It is. It's time to get them. Man, I started having to fill my car up and, and, and work. And, and I told the Lord, I said, man, this hard on a working man. I said, ain't no sense in gas being this high. I said, it's time to change this thing. I said, this uh, man out here making seven, eight, ten dollars an hour. I said, it's killing. You got to do any driving at all. I said, it's murder on a working man. And they had on the news this morning that gas fell 15% in commodities this week alone. And said in two to three weeks, gas will be down anywhere from 30 to 45 cents a gallon. The price of cotton's coming down. The price of food they said was going up. It's fixing to turn and come down. Did anybody see that report? I saw it early this morning because I had to get up at 5.30 and go make a service call. Come back and just sit down and make a cup of coffee, turn the news on. And, man, they said everything going. They said gas should drop continually right on up to the middle of the summer. I said, Lord, thank you for the break. Thank you for the break. See, you don't know what God will do to you ask Him. You don't know what God will do to you ask Him. But when you ask, you got to ask in faith. Nothing amiss. Not to consume it on your lust. You don't, you don't ask for God to give you something just so you can consume it on your flesh. That's what the Bible said. That's why, that's why our prayers ain't answered. Because there's fighting and wars and all this stuff going on among us. Contention between God's people and the house of God. I'm telling you, children, what I felt when I was on my knees praying tonight. We better get these things out of our spirit. I mean quick. And I told the Lord, I said, if I'm in the way, chastise me. If there's something in my spirit ain't right, chastise me. If you can't get on your knees and ask God to purge you and prove you and chastise you if you're wrong, then you ain't, wanting, you ain't really wanting to walk with God. I want to walk with God. I want to serve God in the beauty of holiness. Amen? I want to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And I want to walk up right before Him. I want to stand before God with clean hands and a pure heart and a right spirit. I want my spirit right. Amen? Do you want your spirit right? Then pray for God to give you a right spirit. Pray for God to give you a right spirit. But look what this verse 10 right here says. Paul said that I might know Him. Y'all see those, those words right there? That I might know Him. That's talking about coming to intimate relationship. Which most people don't have no idea what you're talking about. You start talking about having an intimate relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, people don't know what you're talking about. 
because most people don't spend enough time in prayer to get by their old shallow tongues and their old carnal desires. When you get down to pray, if your mind ain't on the Lord and hadn't been on the Lord and you hadn't been meditating on the Lord and you just start praying and you just start clamoring in tongues, you ain't praying nothing but old habit prayer. Because I'm going to tell you something, when real tongues come out of you, it ain't you praying, your spirit's praying. Your spirit's praying. Most of the time when I go to prayer, my carnal man is praying. I'm praying in my own understanding. I'm praying what I think I need. But as I press in prayer, anybody ever prayed? Do you run out of words to pray? That's when the Spirit will take over if you let it. And your Spirit will start praying. Because the Bible said, you don't know what you need. You read Romans 8, it says, I'll tell you, you don't know what you need. You get in here and ask God all this stuff you, you think your carnal man wants, and my God, they come down. You don't know what you need. But when you press in the Spirit to the Spirit starts speaking out of you, to the Spirit starts groaning and getting in groanings and uttering things that you, you can't even understand, and the Spirit starts speaking out of you, then the Holy Ghost in you is really communicating with the Father and telling the Father what you really need in your spirit, man. Amen? Making intercession for you. Going to the Father for you. And really letting the Father know what you really need. Because your carnal man don't know what you need in your spirit man. He don't know. He has no idea. And there's a lot of times you've got to stay in prayer 15, 20, 30, 35, 40 minutes to get your old carnal man out of the way. Man, some of y'all just about to get real good and ready to pray when you quit praying. <laughs> y'all just have pardon me. I'm just in one of them moods tonight. It's the truth anyhow. <coughs> and for God's sake, don't get in this old prayer that, my God, you sound like somebody turned a tape recorder and don't set it down beside you every day. I mean, it's like a kid bowing his head saying, God is great, God is good, let us thank you for our food. By his hands we may be fed, thank you, Lord, for our daily bread. Some people get out to pray. They go through the same motion, same words, same inflection in their words. And the Spirit don't ever get in it. Save your breath. If you ain't going to let the Spirit get in it, you ain't going to let the Spirit take over. Save your breath. You ain't getting nowhere. Remember, you telling me I don't need to pray? If all you're going to do, you just might as well be reciting a poem or something. Man, when you get in, I can get on my knees and start with the Lord's Prayer. And if I'm really broken before God and got my heart into prayer, I don't even get through the Lord's Prayer till my spirit is broken and I'm weeping before the Lord. Boy, y'all quiet on me. I'm trying to help you. 
Don't ask me what this has to do with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but I'll get back to it somewhere. Paul said, I want to know him. I want to come into relationship with him. Daniel says, I see a people that do know their God, and they shall do exploits. Ain't no exploits happening in the church today. Show me. Show me a leadership ministry in the church today. Show me a leadership ministry. I'm talking about like a Paul, like a Peter, like somebody that's got the Word of God and the gifts and the anointing of God has got the church's attention. Right there. It's going to be. ain't long. I'm telling you, there's going to be an act of God. It's going to bring leadership. It's going to bring the fivefold ministry, the apostolic ministry. It's going to step on the scene, step out in front, this fivefold ministry. If it don't, we ain't going nowhere. It takes the fivefold ministry to edify the church. To edify and minister to the body of Christ and bring us to that fullness of God. It takes that fivefold ministry. And we've got to have it. We've got to have it. Paul said, I want to know him. I want to know him. You know what he said after that? What did he say after that? In the power of his resurrection or is it in the fellowship of his sufferings? The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Because if you suffer with him, you're going to reign with him. See, nobody will suffer with him. Nobody wants to suffer with it. We want our lives to live them like we want to, how we want to, when we want to, and we don't want God butting in them unless we need a miracle or something, unless something goes wrong. That's reading church and mess it's in. Just put God on the back burner, serve God for self and personal gain, and what we wanted out of life, and we've left God out of it unless we need Him to heal or deliver us. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not wrong, I'm right. That's the reason all these preachers now are preaching prosperity. I believe in prosperity. And I teach prosperity every, just every so often. I believe in it. It's the Word. My God, they built a following on it and become millionaires off of it. That's wrong. It's wrong. God will deal with it. You hear me? God will deal with it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get any scriptures or not. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. Y'all see that? Paul said, I don't want to know Him like He was on this earth. I don't want to walk in the power he had on this earth. I want to walk in the power of the resurrected Christ. I've taught on this since 2006. And the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. That word conformable right there, and you go back over to Romans 6 and 3 where I was trying to explain that, being baptized into his death. That word conformable right there means to attain 
what Jesus attained through his death. That's what that word conformable means. Right there, Sister Patty. See what that says? Read right down there at the very end, David. Does it not say to attain? Well, what does it actually say? I hadn't read it in a little bit. To take on the same form that Christ took on through his death. To be baptized into his death. To be made conformal to his death. What he achieved through his death. We can put it on. What he achieved through his death. We can become conformal. We can be baptized into his death. Y'all following with me? Everybody following with me? Paul said, I want to be made conformable. I want to be just like him. I want to be just like him. What he achieved through death. Total victory over Satan. Destroyed him. Whole power. (laughs) Am I going too deep for you? See, children of God, we've been told we've had the Holy Ghost and we ain't got no proof of it. We ain't got no deliverance. People out here in the world are not delivered. They're not set free. They're not made whole. People do not know our God. They don't know our God because we ain't demonstrating Him. That means there's a baptism missing. There's a place in God missing. Am I making sense to anybody? And we ain't going to get it just having good church. You ain't going to get it, somebody preaching or prophesying to you. That's all part of it. But man, we got to make up our mind. We're going to seek for this. Don't let this spirit of prayer slip by you. Man, God has done something great in prayer. How many of y'all, something's happened to your prayer life? Something's happened to mine. Something's happened to me. Something happened to you, young lady? It's different, isn't it? It's good. Makes you want to pray and seek the face of God. Makes you want to turn off the hell of vision. <laughs> Unless you go and find a good DVD of me preaching. I told y'all I feel good tonight. You see what Paul said right there? And then he went on and said, If by any means. Is that what it says? If by any means I might attain or I might gain, I might get to that place. I don't care what it takes. If by any means I might achieve that place. Attain to the resurrection of the dead. Paul didn't want to be like Jesus was on this earth. Paul didn't know Jesus on this earth. Paul didn't meet him. Paul didn't know him. All Paul heard was good stories. But Christ revealed something in him. And showed him that he could walk in the power of his resurrection. Children of God, this is a promise. 
This is a promise. That promise is coming down that dusty road. It ain't just a promise of healing. It ain't just a promise of salvation. It's a promise of the kingdom. It's a promise of becoming as he is. It's like I've asked y'all many times, y'all want to be as he is or y'all want to be as he was? Want to be as he is. Amen. Did he not tell us that as he is, so are we in this present world? That's a promise. Amen. That's a promise. There's a baptism we have not yet been baptized with. But if you don't see it and you don't understand it, you won't seek for it. You won't seek for it. Brother Metter, I hate to tell you, but God showed this to me 37 and a half years ago. Well, my God, why ain't you done got it then? Because I'm going to tell you, it don't make no difference what God shows me. I'm going to run up on somebody somewhere that's already, God's already showed it to them. (laughs) And I'm not saying God don't talk to other people. I know He does. I'm going to tell you something. Y'all get some deep, deep word preached to you here. But I don't want to see just the word preached to you. I want you to possess it. It's time to possess the kingdom. It's time to walk in the power of the kingdom and start seeking God to possess it. It's time for the demonstration. Amen. It's time to gather in here and fill these altars. And seek for the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Seek for it until it makes a difference in you. You hear me? It'll make a difference in you. And it'll, when it makes a difference in you, it's going to make a difference in somebody else. It's going to make a difference in somebody else. Because that virtue. Y'all remember I told y'all I had that dream where I was walking and had people around me. It was like there was an aura about 15, 20 feet around me. And every time I got close to somebody and it's like they entered into that aura they just broke and started crying and praising God and repenting and started getting healed and delivered. It's just like virtue was going out. It's just like virtue was going out. Children of God, we are so upon a visitation. It may not happen like you want it to happen. It may not happen when you want it to happen. But it's ours. It's ours. Don't get discouraged. Because I'm going to tell you something. We may not have had the outpouring in the act of God that we were all praying and seeking for last week, but God gave this area an act of God. By His outstretched hand, He gave this area an act of God. Because there would be a whole lot more people dead and a whole lot more destruction if we hadn't obeyed the voice of God and got in here and sought the face of the Lord. I know that. I know that. And I'll be the first to tell you Sometime when God speaks to you, you don't fully understand what God's showing you. I did not understand what God had spoke to me in the book of Esther until after these storms hit. Then I began to see. Then I began to see. God was warning me of destruction at hand and for us to seek the face of God at hand. I mean, immediately. And we did. And I'm glad we listened to God. I'm glad we listened to God. Because I'm going to tell you something. It, spared... <coughs> it just didn't spare you. It spared a lot of your family members. 
It spared a lot of your family members. Amen. Thank God for His goodness. Let's set our hearts to seek God. There's something happened in me. I pray something's happened in you. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. It saddens me that what has happened did not move people. You know, if, if people didn't get directly hit or lose a loved one, the people that, that this thing didn't touch, it didn't affect them really. I mean, that. well, I feel bad that, you know, everybody said, well, I feel bad for people who got hit. But you can see it in people's actions. You can see it. Most of the people didn't even affect them. Inconvenienced them, but didn't really affect them. And let me tell you something. God just warmed up. God just warmed up. Y'all don't think God can make these tornadoes just went through be like a gentle breeze? Oh, yeah, he can. Oh, yeah, he can. I'm going to tell you, when I seen the power in that storm when I was driving this morning, I turned the corner and there was a huge tree. looked like it's about three, three feet across. I mean, big. Just ripped out of the ground, laid across the road, and you can see where they cut through it. I mean, just huge. And, I mean, brick houses, steel buildings just wadded up. I thought, my God, what power. In a wind. What power in a wind. In a wind. And I know the master of the wind. Like I told people back in the 90s. I told myself, if they don't get Bin Laden, I said, he's going to kill thousands. I said, the Oklahoma City bombing in 95 is going to look like a picnic compared to the people he's going to kill and the destruction he's going to cause if they don't get him. And it happened. It happened. I'm glad they got him. I don't like seeing nobody die, but I'm going to tell you something. That man was evil. He didn't care who died to further what he thought was his cause. He was possessed. You can't kill people like that. You've got to be possessed of the devil to kill people like that and not have no mercy. And you know, everybody will say, well, let's don't celebrate too much. I said, celebrate my foot? Why shouldn't we celebrate? I said, they danced in the streets when the Twin Towers fell. I ain't scared of that bunch of devils. Oh, we liable to, we liable to inflame them or inside them to do They're going to do everything they can to key you anyway. My God, they're full of the devil. Them's the people that will put Christians to death. The Bible said they will put God to, put you to death and think they do God's service. That's the people right there that will put the Christians to death and persecute the Christians and think they do God's service. You don't have to do nothing to incite the devil. He's going to hit you every chance he gets. Do you love the Lord tonight? Let's get in here in these altars tomorrow. Just come on in here. and I'm going I'm to do my best to get here at 10 o'clock and start praying. Because I'm going to tell you something. What I'm feeling in prayer, 30 minutes just ain't enough for me. <laughs> 30 minutes just ain't enough what I'm feeling in prayer. If you can get here and pray with me, get here and pray with me. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. The more we bombard these heavens, the greater these services are going to get, the greater the praise and the worship is going to get, and the greater God's going to move. I believe that. Do you love the Lord? Will you go to prayer with me? Father, take this word, Lord. 
blessing into their hearts and their minds. God begin to let it tug at their souls. God pull at their spirits. And God make them hungry. Make them get in that Word, Lord. Cause them, lead them into that Word. Wake them up. Give them eyes to see and ears to hear. And a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I appreciate the Lord tonight. I've had a good time tonight. Anybody had a good time in Jesus? I've had a good time in Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Okay. Hang on. That's okay. Let me get there. Praise God, you might enlighten me about something. All right, where are we at? Uh huh. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Yes, he is. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Yes, it is. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Just, mm -mm. yeah. Well, see if you go back to Isaiah 11, where it hadn't been that long since I taught on it, or somebody else taught on it. Isaiah 11 says, "And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of understanding." And that's what Paul's talking about here. That's what the Holy Ghost... See, the Holy Ghost is more... That's what I've tried to tell you. The Holy Ghost is more than tongues. Do I believe in the tongues? Yes. But I believe in the nature of Christ. 
the characteristics of Christ, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the mercy, the compassion, the forgiveness, the tenderheartedness, the kindness. And this, well, Michael's right. I mean, he's, he's teaching about going on into something. We don't see this in Christians today. They were first called Christians at Antioch. Why? They demonstrated Christ. The word Christian means to be Christ-like. Amen? Y'all all know that. The word Christian means to be Christ-like. And that's where God wants to take us. He wants you to become Christ-like. Amen? He wants you to become Christ-like. I've enjoyed this service tonight. That's good, Brother Michael. I'm going to do some studying on that tonight. I'm going to go on into this tomorrow if the Lord will let me. I don't know what God's going to do tomorrow. But I want God to take control of these services in every aspect. The teaching, the prayer, the singing, everything. I want God to, I want God to take control. I can't go back to just good church. I just can't do it. There's something in me crying for deliverance. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. We need something to reach this young generation with. We need something to reach this young generation with. Because they're looking for something and they don't know where to find it. They don't know where to find it. You ain't going to find it in alcohol. You ain't going to find it in pills. You ain't going to find it in meth. You ain't going to find it in all the stuff kids are doing now. I mean, just ask my son. Just ask Brother John, Sister Gail. Just ask Brother Nathan back there. Because they've all been down them roads. Pills, drugs, alcohol. Tommy's been down them. And Sister Gail, we, we, she met me, was it Sunday? Sunday night? Last Sunday night? And we talked to some people for about an hour and a half, an hour and a 45 minutes, and prayed for uh, uh, some people sitting right on their front steps of their house. And one man accepted the Lord and started talking to Sister Gail about some things. And Sister Gail told them, said, I've been in them dark places. I've dealt with spirits of darkness. You don't want to go there. And these kids get into this gothic stuff, and and, and I'm going to tell you, all this takes people into darkness and spirits and forces. don't have no idea they're getting tangled up with it. And I'm going to tell you something. That thing ever gets you, it takes the power of God to set you free. You ain't going to lay it down on your own. You're not going to lay this mess down on your own. So don't. Don't get into it. Because you do not have power over it. I've had people go, well, I'll quit any time I want to. No, you can't. No, you can't. It'll get you. It'll get you. People have started out with, uh, I don't know if they even still have it or not, but I've heard over the years people started out with that simple game, Dungeons and Dragons. And better get into that thing. Next thing they know, they're bound by spirits. Cannot get free from them things. Cannot get and I'm telling y'all, these computers are dangerous. They're dangerous. You use them for social communication, communicate with your friends. That's one thing. You start, ain't nobody, y'all listen to what I'm telling you, ain't nobody confessing to be a Christian needs to be on a computer trying to meet men and women if you're single. And it ain't just single men and women doing it. It's married men and women doing it. And, buddy, it's wrecked a lot of homes. I've seen it wreck homes right here in this church. 
It's a spirit. It's unclean. It's ungodly. It ain't nothing but bad. 99 times out of 100 going to come out of it. It's wrong. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. You get on and chat with your friends, that's fine. But don't you spend more time on that computer than you spend in prayer and seeking God. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's addictive. It'll get you. Amen? It'll get you. It'll get you. Video games, all that is junk. It's junk. It'll get you addicted. Violent spirits will get on you. Perverted spirits will get on you. Sexual spirits will get on you. Better leave this mess alone. Y'all hear me? Better leave this mess alone. It's destroyed many a good vessel that God wanted to use. Because the devil don't care. And then people out there make them games, they don't care about one thing, that's your money. Don't care what happens to you. Y'all think people produce these TV shows and these movies care what happens to you? All they want is your money. All they want you to do is watch their show so they can get more advertising dollars. They don't care about you. You got time, money, do all that junk. You got time to pray and seek God and bring tithes and offerings to church. Amen. Well, those were some weak ones, but anyhow. You love the Lord? Praise God. You glad to be in the house of the Lord? Give Him a good praise. Amen. Take out your tithe and offerings and let's do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Hallelujah. This word's blessed you. Bless the chef. Amen. Eat a good meal. Bless the chef. Bless the laborer. Come on, obey the Lord. I I told y'all, I feel good tonight. Hallelujah. God is so good.